Are you ready? Yes, go. I just was like, mm, yeah, I'm about to do what I want to do. How did this happen? Well, I got pregnant. You became a wife at an early age. Yes, I did. When you lose your virginity to somebody and you give yourself to someone and you say you love them and they say they love you, and you're supposed to be what? Married. I wasn't dealing with it because I was in church. I didn't have to focus on my pain because God makes everything all right. What up, y'all? I'm Rajay, and this is the RXS Podcast, and we got Imani Love in the building. What's goody? Nothing much. How you doing? I'm good. How you doing? I'm doing good. You blessed? And highly favored. Glory to God. <laughs> <laughs> what you been up to lately? Um... Marriage. I got married and I put out a single called Let It Go. Okay. Yes. So y'all go stream that? They can stream it anywhere? Yes. They just All platforms. Imani Spotify, Love. Apple Music, iTunes, uh, YouTube. Yeah. Everywhere. Okay. Let It Go? Yes. All right. Y'all go stream that now. Let Go. I'm sorry because I'm singing Let It Go. Okay. It's Let Go. Let Go. Let Go. Imani Love. Y'all go stream that today. Yes. All right, I want to do what we normally do, and I want to take us all the way back. Okay. Where were you born? Um, Bethel, North Carolina. Well, I'm from Bethel, North Carolina, but I was born in Greenville, Pitt Memorial Hospital. Vidant, and now is what they call it. So it used to be called Pitt Memorial, and then they changed it to Vidant. Mm-hmm. You know they always change the stuff. Yeah, just like here they changed it to... Uh, we ain't gonna talk about that, but they be changing the, <laughs> the big conglomerates by the hospitals and then change the name. Uh-huh. But anyway, what was it like growing up in Bethel? Um, it was it was good. We were all close, like me and my cousins and stuff. And first of all, we don't even call each other cousins; we call each other brothers and sisters because our, my mom and her sisters basically brought us up together to be siblings, like first cousins. So we really tight. Yeah. And um, basically, we was all up under my grandma. My grandma's house was the meeting spot. Yeah. And then when I got older, um, I think at five or six, my mom moved away to Virginia, and she found a school and everything for me and child care for me and my brother, and we moved to Virginia. So how long did y'all live in Bethel before moving to Virginia? Um, so born, I was born there, so up until I was like five, so I guess okay. five years. I Do was you there. remember those years? Uh, faintly. Okay. Faintly. It's very vague. Um, I mainly remember, like, my teenage years when we came back. Okay. So we stayed up there till I was about 11 years old. Okay. And then when I turned 11, we moved back, and I went to Edwards Middle School in Rocky Mount. Gang. Yes. Shout out to Edwards Middle. And yeah. I, I, was in, uh, I was in Edwards, and I went to high school at Rocky Mount High. Okay. So that's where... Rocky Mount came into play, but we were still going back to my grandma's house to visit. And stuff I like get that. it. Mm-hmm. So when you moved back here, were you already at 11 years old? Were you already into singing? Uh, I was very shy. I was very shamed. I remember um, we had this talent show at my elementary school. And I had another friend, and her name was Imani, and she liked to sing too. So... We practiced this song, and it was like a little song that I had wrote with my cousins on my daddy's side. 
It was like, hold on, my brother. Hold on, my sister. Just keep the faith. God is with you every step of the way. <laughs> it was, we wrote it, and then I memorized the joint. It's crazy. I still remember. I should probably update the song. But um, we got up there to sing it. We had been practicing. She was coming over. It was practicing, practicing, practicing. Get to the talent show. And she's like, I'm scared. And I was like, I was scared, too. So I'm like, okay, what are we going to do? So we talked to the teacher. She was like, y'all can sing with y'all backs facing the crowd. Yes. Backs facing the crowd. So I'm like, bet I'm scared too. This is the first time I ever sung in front of a whole bunch of people. So let's face the let's not face the crowd. We can do that. So I go out there. I'm about to sing. And my mom's like, hey, Monty, from like the all the way in the back of the auditorium. She stood up, hey, Monty. And I'm like, somebody called me. <laughs> I knew it was her, but I'm trying to sit still. Like, this is embarrassing. She's like, turn around. And I'm like, I looked at her, and she looked at me and like, look, bro, I got to do what my mama tell me to do. I don't know what you fit to do, <laughs> but I'm about to turn around. You hear me? So I turned around, and my mom stood up in the crowd, and she sung it with me. Yeah. She stood up from the audience, and she won't on the front row. She was like, she was yes, but she, y'all know she a tenor, so her voice travels yeah very easy. So she sung with me from the audience, and that's how I got through that. So after that, I really, I ne- I didn't really think about being a performer. It never crossed my mind at that age. I used to sing in my room and have a little fan. I think everybody had a little fan. Yeah. Where they were singing the fan, your voice be vibrating. You think you're recording something. Is <laughs> there something that you want? You were singing in Rihanna. But, <laughs> but I was in there doing all of that. But I wasn't really thinking about, like, this is a possibility for me. I didn't know I was a kid. So, yeah. Um, I think I started going to church in Virginia, Morningstar Baptist, and we was really active in the church, like youth programs and stuff. And so I got in the choir. And from there, like I did my first song, um, and I led it, and it, it changed my perspective of things. Like I was like, I can do this. I can do this, and I can sing. It registered for me like I could really sing. (laughs) So I was like, okay. So from there, I would start leaving songs in like the little star choir, starlet choir. Mm -hmm. And by the time I want to say I was 10, they had um, a group called Perfected Praise. Okay. And it was nothing. You talking about like heavy vibrato, like, like Ricky Dilla, like, oh. Yeah, they had all that going on, and I was like, wow, I want to do that. Yeah. And I knew my voice was strong enough. So I was like, it was a tiny little voice, too. You know, I'm a soprano. So. Yeah. But I knew I had I could do it. So yeah. I started singing with the regular choir. Uh-huh. And then, you know, that took off, and it was good was doing that for a little bit and then I was like mom I want to sing with y'all like and I she introduced me to um, her minister of music which was minister Sean Stovall and he let me sing with them yeah so when they had the group I was singing with them yeah it was everything did you ever start leading 
I don't think I ever led anything. Yeah. Not at 10. I was just too, I was so happy to be a part of the choir. Yeah. That I got to do the vibrato, you know, when the soprano sang in the Saturday night. <laughs> yeah, I was so happy to be able to do that that I was just like. Did they teach you how to do it? I watched. I learned. I was so hungry for it that I was just like, I'm going to do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. Yeah. So, yeah. And then, um. We I don't know what happened now. We moved, ended up moving back, but we did. We mm-hmm. ended up moving back to North Carolina. And um, at this point, I know I could sing, but it didn't really... I wasn't using it. Like, I wasn't doing anything with it. I, I think I was getting into um, the keyboard, like, just pecking around. I would teach myself stuff up there, and I would ask for a keyboard. So... Yeah, I, I I was more so trying to create music. Mm. I always like writing. Writing, yeah. How did you discover that you liked writing? Um, It started, as far as I can remember, I would visit my dad's and my cousins and stuff. They liked to sing. I, of course, I had the ear for it. So when they would be talking and singing and stuff, I would just like write music. Like, I don't know exactly how we came up with the idea, like, she's going to write a song or we're going to all write the song together. But I just remember writing it. And when I thought I wrote that song and showed my mom that I could write it and I started singing it, I, from there, I was just writing music. Wow. And, I, and it was crazy because I wasn't performing it. Like, the stuff that I was writing, like, I was writing it just to, I guess, relieve myself. Mm, so it was therapy. more of like therapy for you yeah like I don't know why I was writing come to think of it cause I wasn't recording I just was writing stuff yeah yeah and so um, by the time I turned 12 like I was active in church but I really didn't know what like a relationship with God looked like so I just got saved because I didn't want to go to hell mm. and that was a heavy thing it was weighing on my conscience I was like I'm gonna get saved but I didn't know about personal relationships. So when we moved down here, um, we had actually no, it happened before we moved down. It was like right before we moved from Virginia to um, North Carolina again. And my, I had some type of conference and our mom team came down mm-hmm. and I had like a crazy experience where that I received the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I was just like, what the world is this? Like, it came out, like, it wasn't, you know how they, back in the day, used to have you stand there and say, Jesus, 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 Yeah, it wasn't nothing like that. It was just like, my own language kicked in like that. Out of nowhere. I was talking to God, I was worshiping, thank you, Lord, thank you, Lord. And the next thing you know, I'm speaking in tongues. And I was like, I didn't have time. Like, you don't just stop and be like, what the world is this? That's a movie. <laughs> what the world? <laughs> but in my mind, I was thinking, what just happened? Wow. I don't know what just happened, but it feel good to me. Yeah. So from there, my relationship became more personal and spiritual. Like, I was aware of everything. Mm-hmm. Um, But sin was so... Uh, how do you say I think it was so heavy for me like it weighed on like guilt and condemnation was my portion Mm. it it was heavy on me like if I did something wrong I beat myself up about it 
I did, I wasn't aware of like faith, grace, and mercy. I just knew I wanted to please God, and if I was not pleasing Him, then I'm not where I need to be. Yeah, so I I beat myself up a lot mm. as a kid, and so um, I guess they don't tell you that you're gonna make mistakes anyway. <laughs> you're gonna make mistakes and you're gonna sin because without God, you can't. You're not. There's nobody just perfect. Yeah. So. I hadn't even entered the rest of my life yet. This was only the beginning for me. And it wasn't like my mom sheltered me too much from everything. She still allowed me to be a kid. But it was just like I was so into God that I didn't want to, I didn't do nothing else. Like Mm. it was like wake up five in the morning, read, pray, get ready for school, go to school. Sunday come, you go to church. Wednesday come, you go to Bible study. It was just like, my my life was so structured. I remember telling my stepdad to take my TV out of my room because I don't need it. Yeah. I was so focused and I had started fasting. It was a lot. I was so focused and I think um, so focused and I didn't have any other any other distractions to like keep me from, mm-hmm. from him. Mm-hmm. And then I turned 14, you know, I'm skipping throughout the That's whole perfect. journey age. That's perfect. Turned 14, got to, um, I think it was like my, you would say your eighth grade year mm-hmm. of, at Edwards, right before I started going to Rocky Mount High. Uh-huh. Rocky Mount Senior High is what it was at the time. Yeah. And um, I was singing. I was still, at this point, I'm singing with Ray. Yeah. And the North Carolina Community, Community Mass Choir. Yeah. Yes. I'm singing with them. My relationship with God is still there, but I'm changing. I'm going from a little girl into a young lady. So my mind is shifting. Things are changing. <laughs> you hear me? I like boys now. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I started wanting to date. You know, I turned 14. My mom was like, you know, he's not your boyfriend, but you can have a friend. And I, y'all watch Be For Real podcast because y'all going to hear the story about that. Facts. She told me he wasn't my boyfriend, but in my mind, that was my boyfriend. <laughs> that was my boyfriend. <laughs> so that was a distraction, mm. a huge distraction for me. I didn't know it at the time, but it was a distraction. I didn't, I didn't need that right mm. then and there, but... My the way that my body was changing, the way that my mind was shifting from a little girl to a young woman, the feelings of wanting to be loved, I felt like I needed that. So dated him and of course she called it friendship, friend to him until I could say boyfriend. And, and we we didn't make it. We didn't make but it was crazy because he he got saved and I was already saved, and so now there's this pressure to be this godly couple, young couple, and you think we're gonna get married, and you get because you're in the youth community, and everybody, everybody looking like oh they're gonna get married, cause they love God, and they look good together. Like what? Shit! Y'all putting mother, you're putting pressure on me. Okay, I don't want to get. I'm 14. Yeah. I ain't even left for school yet. Yeah. Okay. So it's the youth people. Like, all when I don't know what it is about young people coming to Christ and they dating and they think 
because we love God and we like each other, we're going to be married. We're dating to marry. Yes, you date to marry, but you date, you don't know. Not at 14. 14, 15, 16. You don't know, period. Like, you're going to learn. Yeah. But we don't know for sure. We really should just be getting to know each other. Yes. Like, the pressure. God is going to be God regardless. And he's going to do what he's going to do. And he's going to bring us together how he's going to bring us together. Honestly, it's the man's choice. I don't. You know how people say, God told me you was my wife. Or God told me you was my husband. (laughs) People do be saying. Why, I don't believe that. I do not believe that because the scripture says a man that findeth a wife findeth a good thing and obtains favor Favor. with God. The decision is ultimately the male's. He finds the wife. He chooses the wife. And that's and she becomes then he obtains favor if she decides, okay, this is what I want to do. But to say I dreamed he was my husband. You're my husband. Y'all stop. Stop it. Ooh. Stop. Ooh. Stop it. Ooh. So listen, since we are there, uh-huh. let's go there. Okay. You became a wife at an early age. Yes, I did. How old were you? I was 20. How did this happen? Well, I got pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> I got pregnant. Woo! Let me tell you. Are you ready? Yes, go. Okay. Child. <laughs> I went to college. Yeah. And I was in a relationship when I went to college. And I thought we was going to be together forever. Mm-hmm. We had dated for two years in high school. And that's a long time when you yes, were in high school. Yes, I done fussed with my mama about going to college with him. For God to tell me, you're not going to college with him. <laughs> and then I got to obey my mama anyway, even though I didn't want to. Because I want to do my thing. Yeah. And I want to be fast with no parental vision. <laughs> I'm just telling the truth. Because yeah. that's how you think as a teenager. Yes. <laughs> My parents not around. I can do what I want. I can yes. make my own choices. Not that I want to be buck wild, but I don't have to worry about those eyes on me. Yeah. But somebody said, God, I always live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you do yeah. all the time. But nah, um, I, I definitely wanted, I wanted to date or whatever and be free. So I decided I was going to go to college with him. You're not going to college with him. Okay, I'm going to go to WSSU. Shout out to the illustrious Winston-Salem State University. Okay? <laughs> that's that's my alma mater. But um um so yeah, I I went to Winston-Salem State. Uh me and the the guy that I was dating in high school did not work out. Mm. We ended up breaking it up within like a month of me going to Winston-Salem State. I did not heal properly from that. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not take it well. And I didn't take it well because I had a whole bunch of trauma already that I hadn't dealt with, that I hid and tucked. I wasn't dealing with it because I was in church. I didn't mm-hmm. have to focus on my pain because God makes everything all right. Mm-hmm. So I could just go to church and shout every Sunday and I don't have to deal with because he made it all right. Yeah. So why deal with it? 
So mm. I wasn't dealing with nothing. I wasn't dealing with trauma. I was just just going. Church, 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 church. By the time I got to college, I didn't have a car freshman year. So you had to, I literally had to slow down. Like I, I had my education and I had my friends that I had made there. So I'm dealing with the breakup terribly. Like not even realizing it won't him. It won't the breakup. It was the fact that. The man that raised me, my father, my stepfather, he's still alive, thank God. But he, the way that he behaved and the things that he did broke my heart because he raised me. He was my superhero. He was everything to me and my brothers. So the pain from the the divorce that he and my mom went through, the separation, how everything went down, it affected me and I didn't deal with it. So I started dating, looking for that same affection, that same love, that same something, some the same protection at least. And I felt protected in that relationship, but when it ended, I took it terribly because I hadn't dealt with the pain from the previous heartbreak. Now my heart is broken on top of being broken and I don't know what to do. So I'm going to go search for that protection again. I'm going to talk to God and I'm going to sugarcoat it and I'm going to say, God, you know, your will be done. And I did pray that prayer, like your will be done. But I think God probably was trying to make me sit down and just be still. But I just wanted protection. I, I, I know that God is our protector and he's good at what he does. I love him for that. He's a good guy. But I wanted to feel physically protected. It was a little girl in me. I wanted to feel protected by a human man. Because I lost that as a little girl. So, fast forward to how I ended up pregnant and how I ended up married young. I didn't process the first breakup. I didn't process... My mom and the divorce as a kid or as a teenager, was it happened when I was 16. So I didn't process that. I didn't process the breakup with my high school sweetheart for two, the two years that we were together. I didn't deal with it. I just simply tried to move on. Didn't take no time for me. So I ended up meeting Kendrick's father. Kendrick is my daughter to those Shout that love you. That's my baby. That's my firstborn. Um, I ended up dating her father. He had traumas that he hadn't dealt with. I had my trauma that I hadn't dealt with. And we were terrible for each other. But um, we crossed the line when I was... (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Yeah, we crossed the line. And I had a baby my first time. Yes. My first time with anyone with him because he was my first I had a baby and in my head in my righteous mind when you lose your virginity to somebody and you give yourself to someone and you say you love them and they say they love you then you're supposed to be what married so I tried to fix it I tried to fix it because now I'm pregnant I've 
call home and tell my mom because the way that I found out I was pregnant, I got like dog sick, like really sick, and I didn't know where it was coming from. Like the pain, the sharp tummy pains, I didn't know where it was coming from. I was throwing up like crazy, and my mom was like, "You need to take a pregnancy test." Yeah. So, my best friend had visited me. Well, I really call her my older sister, but um, her name is Jeronia. But she came to visit me in college, and she bought my pregnancy test for me. And I took that test. I took two of them. Just to make sure. Mm-hmm. And it was positive. And I was in my sophomore year of college. I was not done with school. I was just starting. <laughs> yeah. So um, I go, and I tell him, he's like, you know, Everything's gonna be okay. I'm gonna take care of you. Everything that he was supposed to say, he, he said it. it. But he wasn't in no condition to be or take care of me, and I was in no condition to be with him because I still had traumas. Yeah, but we here now, so we got to show up for this baby. Um, but neither one of us dealt with what we had going on. And so each other, we, we were upset with each other all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, I was never good enough Mm. ever, never good enough. Um, and I was tired of explaining. I was tired of, um, trying to fix myself to be approved by him. Mm. And I lost it. Like, I lost myself mentally. I I just couldn't take it no more. Mm. I couldn't take it no more. So whenever we were getting arguments, it was bad. It was really bad because now I'm not myself anymore. I'm a whole other person. Yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I We dealt with that, and then he left. Mm. He left, and... The, <laughs> We won't talk about how that happened because mm. I'm going to protect him because that's still the father of my child. Yeah. yeah. But he left, and um, he left because he felt like it was better for him and it was safer for our baby. And when that happened, I decided I need to figure out who I am, and I need to get okay because I'm not okay. I, I, I was so close to losing my entire mind. Is that the first time you realized you weren't okay? Yes. Because I didn't have church to hide behind. Mm. I didn't I had all I had was me and my baby. And the reality that I'm going to have to step up and do what I got to do because my safety now is nobody and her safety is nobody's responsibility but my own. I got to do this. So I know who I know my I remember my training. Um, my mom used to say, "Remember your training. Remember your training. Remember how I brought you up." Is what she what she meant by that. Yeah. So I knew who to call on. I definitely talked to the Lord about. It. I definitely kept my mom in my ear about like what steps to take, like how to find a job after I graduated from school. I had God came through. Yeah, I had a job within like I graduated May. I had a job in August by August. I had offers by July. Mm. But what I needed, the job I needed, I had that by August. Wow. Yeah. And it was good money. 
Yeah. And I still work there. <laughs> Let's go. And you and you climbing in the ranks too. Yeah, I done moved up everything. So <laughs> God has taken care of me. Despite there was a post that said God took care of me even when I wasn't talking to him. Oh yeah. I won't talk I talked to him. I was in a condition where I talked to God when I needed him. And when I didn't need anything, I was just going through the day. And honestly, I hated that. I hate that I hated that I was set up like that. It wasn't that I intentionally said, I'm gonna wake up and not talk to you today. It's just that I was trying to survive. So I didn't I didn't want some days I didn't even want to get up. Mm. <laughs> so when I did get up, I would just, you know, I would talk to him and pray with my daughter to get her through school, like cover her at school. But as far as quality time like I was used to having with him, I wasn't in the headspace to have that because I now I'm trying to figure out how to be a single mother. I know he can teach me, but I don't want to talk. I don't want to. I'm tired. I'm exhausted mentally. I don't want to talk. And in my mind, if I couldn't have what I wanted physically, if I couldn't have the male protection and I'm already pissed that the person I trusted to be there for me, he couldn't he couldn't do it. I don't want to talk to you. And I was and me and God had that conversation for the the real conversation for the first time this past year. Wow. Yeah. And what did you say to him? I'm upset. I love you. I always love you and you know that, but I'm upset with you. I'm upset because I've served you pretty much since I was old enough to like from age 10 I I was involved in church doing ministry through different things 12 we became personal I fell in love with God so I'm like I'm doing everything that I'm supposed to do why do people keep leaving me At the end of the day, I would need to be comfortable with myself more. And because I felt like in order for me to be my true self or in order for me to have a big impact on the world, I would need to be with a group of people that I know when that's not the case. I was kind of scared at first because I felt like I was going to miss them. My parents have told me many times that I have gifts and I need to use it and like people wish they could do what I do and I was like mm, I don't want to do that. Since I was really young I really like to speak and make people feel better in life and it's just something I enjoy. Hi this is Nay and that was Nay's Place. If you want to catch more search Nay's Place on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. What is it that my father, he though he didn't leave, I just felt like there was no effort to protect me. No effort to protect me. Then my stepfather, you made it seem like you was protecting me, but then after a while, your true colors were shown because you showed your tail. With my, with my brothers, with my mama, with me. Like, it just, you know what I'm saying? Like, you didn't care about how we would feel at all. And you was a man of God. Somebody that I, that I revered as a man of God. Like, I, I sat at your table to learn from you. 
So my perspective of church, of the tradition, of all of that religion, it was jacked up after that. So I told I told God, I was like, look, I, I love you, but I sit here and I watch people do what they want to do, and they find the love of their lives in, like, high school or, you know, they it's easy for them to fall in love with people and be married and women are protected. And But what about me? And I know for a fact that you can't judge somebody's book by its cover, like, look on the other side and be like, oh, they got it better than me. But in my mind, I needed him to understand where our miscommunication was coming in. Like, even though it's unfair to say you give them this, but you don't give me this, that's how I felt. And I needed to say how I felt. I didn't need to say, oh, God, thou art holy, mighty, and strong, because I know that, and he knows he's strong. I needed him to understand why I keep cutting up. Mm. I'm cutting up because I don't fully trust you right now. And I need you to help me to trust you. Show me what I need to do to trust you. But I also need you to give me something that I ask. <laughs> give me something yeah. that I ask for, you know. And it was so it was such a selfish prayer. But I needed him to know, yeah. like where I'm at, why yeah. I'm I'm so exhausted, God. That's why I was I'm exhausted. I know I keep bringing myself here, but I got a lot that has not been resolved. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I I developed a sense of resentment from from. I served you, I served you, and then I watch people that taught me to serve you disrespect. My mama is my everything. She's my everything. So to see her go through that stuff that she went through, I just was like, mm, yeah, I'm about to do what I want to do. Mm. Mm-hmm. So did you do that? Mm-hmm. I did, and it wasn't, it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it, but um, he loved me enough to keep me through all of it. Like, I'm talking about all of it, Roger. Every sin, every negative thought, every time I was this close to death, he kept me through everything. And that's why I love him. And now I'm in a season of gratitude. I'm completely grateful because after I prayed that prayer, everything started to line up. He gave me one instruction. Be true to what you really feel in your heart. Don't act out based off of retaliation or getting back. Because I was upset. My daughter promised her dad, my husband. I was upset. We were dating, and I was upset with him. I had left him. I moved down here away to get away because he wasn't giving me what I wanted. So I left, and I was mad. Mm. (laughs) I was mad, and that's what prompted the prayer to God. Like, look, this has been a a full, this has been a long journey, and I've been asking for one thing, and it don't seem like nobody can give me what I'm asking for, but I'm constantly giving to others. So I'm tired. And I need to trust you, but I'm having a hard time doing that because people keep coming to my life and they hurt me and I don't, I don't trust nobody no more. So, yeah. So after I prayed that prayer, he was like, okay, well, be true to how you feel. And I was like, dang, that mean I got to deal with my feelings for him. 
I did mean I got to actually deal with the fact that I'm in love with somebody that's not necessarily giving me what I'm asking for right now. I got to wait to see if they're going to come around or if I'm just going to heal from it and move forward the healthy way instead of just jumping into another relationship. Yeah, so I started to deal with myself, with everything. We started doing music. Yeah. And that helped. It was therapeutic, like very therapeutic for me because I was able to write it out, everything that I felt, the journey, even down to with us doing the project for mom. Yes. Like it was, all of it was therapy. It was what you needed at the time? Mm Mm-hmm. Very much so. To be okay. Yes. And I came home to heal. And i that's exactly what I did. I came home to heal and I healed. And it was a journey. Um, it didn't happen over two night spans or a week span. It literally, like, every day, just gaining the energy and figuring out what I wanted. Yeah. And um, I was convinced that my, my situation with my child's father promises dad was just going to be just another thing where I forgave somebody who wasn't wasn't sorry you know what I'm saying I was convinced that that's what that was because we wasn't seeing eye to eye Mm -hmm. well I ended up we we did mom's um project whatever and I was just like okay everything feels good okay I'm like I'm doing what I love I'm with people I love like this is this is where it's supposed to be. Like, you know how emotional we... We was all emotional in that studio. Like, God, like, you're doing something amazing. Like, yes. with the world. He always uses music to, like... Yes. Make it clear. Yes. And that's why, like, it's crazy to have that gift because, like, you... No matter what you're going through, he gonna make it make sense through yeah. the music. So, we was doing the music, and I was, like, everything... I was going gaining clarity. It was starting to make sense for me. And then... My relationship with you and Shy made sense. Mm-hmm. Like once I got here, and I started working with y'all, I knew I was like I was supposed to be here, without a shadow of a doubt. It was meant for me to come, even if it was just for a few months. So, we all developed our relationship, and with Jess, shout out to Jess. Yeah, <laughs> let me some Jess. <laughs> so, it it was meant to happen yeah. that way. Um, I developed family. Yeah. You know, my mom she developed family. We all grew yeah. together. It happened the way it was supposed to happen, and so now I'm like. Something's still missing. Uh-huh. We still got a piece that's missing. Something's still missing. And I would like to say it was my baby. I didn't have my baby, you know, like I didn't have him. Yeah. So it's still missing. But I couldn't say exactly what it was because in my mind, we still not seeing eye to eye. Like and I'm still not okay. Yeah. All the way. Like I'm healing, but I ain't there. Yeah. Like I might cuss you out. You say yeah. something crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was like, all right, so he and I, um, we started, we decided, like, we had a conversation one night, and he had apologized, mm-hmm. and I apologized, too. Um, it was a, it was the night we wrote the song, um, see, I could do this without you, yeah. but I really don't want to. Yeah. yeah, when we wrote that, he saw that. Yes, he saw that on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Mm. And we talked that night, and he was like so proud because 
he fell in love with me through the music. Like, me as an artist, like, his admiration for me. He fell in love with me through that, knowing that person. And so once we finally started dating, I lost a lot of that because I was so engulfed in him. I was trying to, once again, protect, like, hopefully this works and he doesn't leave too. Mm. So you started spending all of your time and energy in effort to make sure he doesn't like leave. Like things worked, that he was treating me right, that I was treating him right. It was just so like make it work cuz I don't want to I don't want to go through another heartbreak. Like and I think that sometimes inadvertently cuz I didn't know that that's what I was doing, but I had to step back and look at everything. Stepping back now, I'm realizing like I, that was just too much. I shouldn't. I maintaining someone's actions, maintaining your action, like just calm down and just get to know them. Let them get to know you. Let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. Cause he don't owe me nothing. I don't owe him nothing. And that's how we need to date people. When we date, it needs to be. I don't owe you anything. You don't owe me anything. Maybe this is going to work. Maybe it's not going to work. But you don't have anything to do with my imperfections or with my traumas. You have nothing to do with them. Imani, a lot of times in relationships, Mm -hmm. when we don't deal with our traumas and we start dating somebody, Mm -hmm. it is very far it's very easy for us to blame somebody mm-hmm. when they trigger us. Yeah. So you can be traumatized by abandonment. Mm-hmm. They may just need a breather and need to walk outside. Exactly. Because an argument is too heated. Mm-hmm. So then you blame them for you being abandoned because that day they decided they needed to breathe. Yes. But really your problem ain't with them. Your problem is that somebody else truly did abandon you and you never got over it. But you got to you got to get okay with you. Yes. And that's what I had to do. I had to get okay with me. Now was he picture perfect all the time? No. Cuz he's human. But I'm also not picture perfect and I also need to understand where the root of the arguments are stemming from. And the root of our arguments was stemming from my abandonment issues, my ability to not be wrong. I didn't like being wrong. If I'm wrong, then that means you have some type of justification to leave me. I don't want you to leave. And it's So not, I can't afford to be right, wrong. And I'm going to tell you, this black woman, like... Strong black woman, angry strong black woman syndrome. That's not, we're not angry. We're not, we don't, we don't have attitudes. We're just trying to make sure don't nobody else come in and take again. Like don't come in and and take the peace that I have or come in and take my ability to feel safe when you walk out the door because you don't want to be here no more or you choose to give it to Chandra next door because you can't commit to one person. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So we're protective of ourselves, of our hearts and stuff, and we've been hurt a lot. 
So, and I'm not speaking for every woman, but nine times out of ten, if you meet a black woman and she's strong-willed and very, like, on edge and you feel like you're on ice, like, damn, I can't say nothing right now. Like, what is wrong with her? Somebody has hurt her really, really bad. And it ain't for you to throw it in her face and say, who hurt you? Don't be funny because she might headbutt you. She <laughs> might just headbutt you. Get, get gone. But but understand, like, if you really have a chance and you, and I'm talking to somebody that maybe you really love this girl. Maybe you you really love her, but you just can't deal with the attitude. You're going to have to speak to the little girl. What is causing you to act like this? That's heavy. Where is it coming from? Because maybe you don't know. And that's and men, especially black men, they get fed up real fast. They be like, bro, I don't got to deal with this. I got choices and I got options. So, mm, so now we arguing because you like me. You want me around, but you just tired of my attitude. But... <laughs> You still want to be up under me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You you like me. And you like what I bring to the table. <laughs> but you just can't take my attitude. So, if that's you, if you love her and you like her, but you can't take the attitude, then address the attitude. Not when y'all in the middle of a heated discussion. Ooh, yeah, because that's going to backfire. That ain't the time. Yeah. Take her when you, when everything is easy, peasy, lemon squeezy, and y'all just chilling. Can I talk to you? Because I really, I am, Don used to say something, and he still says it to me to this day. I am not here to attack you. Because everything seems like an attack to a woman that has been hurt over and over and over and over again. And now you're telling her that she need to do something or something's not right between you guys. It feels like an attack. So it needs to be clear. I am not here to attack you. I'm here to help you. I care for you. But you got to be the person that cares enough to do that. Got to care enough to do that. And so um, initially when I first met my husband, my baby. Yeah. Um, he did not know. He didn't know how traumatic my life was. He didn't know. He had no clue. We didn't know as much about each other as we thought we did. So it wasn't, he just was like, I don't, he was used to like, if it don't work, then just walk away Mm -hmm. because he had been so exhausted in previous relationships. So he was just like, I'm not finna do this. Mm. And by that time, we still mess. We can't stay away from each other. We could not stay away from each other. Couldn't stay away from each other. <laughs> but we don't do good together. Mm. But he couldn't stop. He would. He would text me still. He would come around still. But and I'm like, why? Why are we just not together? But he didn't know how to say. It's hard to talk to you. It's hard to talk to you. It's hard to be me around you because what I do offends you. And I don't understand why. So it took me thinking, oh, he just, he a player and he this and he that. That was my, like, in my mind, I was thinking he just wanted the cookies and and got out the door. 
And now I'm here left to deal with, in my mind, I'm here left to deal with the emotions from being falling in love with you when I told you I didn't have nothing to give you in the first place. Mm. So now I'm I need I I'm I've grown attached to you and I actually love you, and now you're not here. But he couldn't tell me and he didn't know how to say what it was, because he also had past traumas that caused him to say nobody is ever going to make me feel like this, or make me feel like I'm not enough, or. Make me feel like I can't say what I need to say when I need to say it. Yeah. So what happened was I ended up moving and leaving because I didn't want to be on a roller coaster where I need you around. I need you around. I want you around, like Snow Allegra said. And then you get, you come for a little bit and then you leave again. And then I'm like back on this roller coaster. Like I want him around. I want him. I, that was driving me insane. Mm-hmm. So I packed my stuff up and I left. If you can't hold your mule, <laughs> don't give it to somebody that don't deserve it. Now, nah. please don't. You know he out here sleeping with everybody. Don't do it. And you gonna do it because it feel good. Why? Cause he got big thing thing or something. <laughs> <laughs> that ain't that ain't. You know how many men folk around here? Never mind. I'm just. There's plenty of fishies in the sea. If you enjoyed this clip of Be For Real, you can watch the full video. Just head over to RXS Entertainment YouTube channel. You can also listen on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Just type in B-E-F-U-H-R-E-A-L, period. It was then that we both realized... I don't want to be without him, and I don't want to be without her. Like, he decided I would much rather have her in my life than not here at all. So whatever we need to do to fix and we both decided, like, let's just, just give each other a clean slate because I was wrong. When I had a discussion with God and decided to start healing on my own and figuring me out, that's when I realized I'm the problem. Yeah, he got his own stuff, and I don't like certain things, but everything don't have to be an argument. Yeah. Everything, he's he's not trying to hurt me. He's never tried to hurt me, right? Yeah. And he he was man enough to tell me, I don't want to be in a relationship right now. And I couldn't take that. Mm. So when I really processed what he did, because some men don't stay with you just for the sake of not hurting you, and mm-hmm. then they cheat on you. Or they mistreat you, but he he was he didn't want to hurt me. He didn't want to mistreat me, so he hurt me by walking away, and that cut deep. But it was necessary because he would much rather walk away than to hurt me, mm-hmm. to to say something to hurt me, mm-hmm. or to cheat on me mm-hmm. because he's not happy with me. Mm-hmm. So he made a decision for his health and for my health to walk away and I didn't understand that so I moved away he made the decision to walk away but he still couldn't stay away Yeah, and I couldn't stay away Yeah, so I was like this ain't gonna work cause yeah. I'm in love with you yeah. I don't know how to do this yeah so I'm, I'm, I'm out yeah so I moved I came back to Wilson you know and all of us started working together and the months he he didn't he said he regretted it I regretted it we talked hey let's just give each other a clean slate 
Because mm. I love you. I love you too. And in that moment when he was like, why did you leave? When he was honest about not wanting me to go nowhere, because he was very, he got a good poker face. I didn't, I didn't know he cared. Mm. I didn't know he cared. So I was like, man, whatever. You don't yeah. care? I don't care. Bet, 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 bet. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I, you know, I left and um, he was like, I, I, why did you leave? Like, I told you we, we was going to get it together. We was going to work on it. You just should have waited. And I was like, I couldn't do it because I was sick with um, Promise when I was pregnant with her. So I, I was like, I needed you around then. And he was like, well, I'm sorry. Like, I wish I could be there for you now. Man, I wanted to pack everything right in. <laughs> we can make it work. I'm on a U-Haul. I'm on my way. Love you. Bye. <laughs> See you in two hours and 45 minutes. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> But um, I that's just not how it worked out. So we ended up doing a trip to Myrtle Beach, and and he paid for everything. And that's when I realized, like, this man really loved me. Like it was when we didn't have any pressures of anything. We made the decision to just be friends and get to know each other and understand why we are the way that we are. And we talked about all of that. It was like, whoa, yeah. Like, I really love him, but I love him not just because. I love him for who he is to me, but he's been through so much. Yeah. And it made him into this person. Yeah. So even the qualities that I didn't like, I grew to love. Woo! Because you understood where it came from. Exactly. And the same thing happened with him. We were able to really be real about, like, his traumas, my traumas, like, triggers. Listen, let me tell you about me. I can't do somebody talking at me. I can't do somebody raising their voice or, um, yeah. You know, like we had those real conversations without with the disclaimer of we're not finna get mad about nothing. Yeah. We don't have time for that because we need to understand each other. And I, and I love you enough to want to understand. So that's how we we fixed it. It's just and every day we still fixing stuff, still yeah. fixing stuff. Yes. So but he's so worth it and he makes me feel like I'm worth it. So. God did a, he did a huge thing for me. Like he made me, it was kind of like, I went to God and was like, you know, I don't trust you. I'm mad at you. I haven't been getting my way. When, 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 when. And he was like, okay, well, I'm going to need you to look in the mirror Mm. and fix yourself. If you want what you're asking me for, if you want a man and you want to feel protected and you want to feel loved, then stop running people away. Because they are not your stepfather. They're not your father. They're not the previous relationships. He don't deserve that. Mm. And I, not only that, but I was trying to date other people to get over him. Trying to do the same thing that I was doing before. It's not. No. <laughs> God did a number introducing me to him because he has such an impact on me. Such a good impact on me. Yeah. I was in love with him. I still am in love. I still love him like that. So it's like, it's that's my person. Yeah. So it was not easy for me. Like, it was a situation where you can't really move on because y'all still talking to each other. Y'all still love each other. He, you, not, you can't get him out your mind. Yeah. It's my person. Like, in order to get through the day... I'm. I can hear his voice, or when he texts me, I can hear what his voice sounds like when he would say something. Yeah. Like, what are we arguing for? Let's just 
fix it. Yeah. And when it comes to that, man, it's like, okay, the real conversations, I want to have those. So I can, whatever it takes to get you around and whatever it takes for me to come around, let's do that. But both people have to have that decision made. Yes. Yeah. And he showed me, like, because my previous marriage where I had, where I got divorced from Kenny's dad, mm-hmm. I thought maybe I'm not worth it. Mm-hmm. So I moved like that. I moved in offense like that. Like, I'm worth it. I'm this. I'm that. You know who I am? I am Imani Love. You, yeah. are, you are not finna mistreat me. That's the attitude I had because I'm like, I done brought myself through so much. Yeah. So ain't nobody finna come up here and and derail me and pull me down again the way that that previous man pulled me down. Yeah. Right. So I was moving in offense like that just very just... And I'm I'm nice, but in my mind, like but when you had that vibe. But yeah, but yeah, when you give off energy, I'm gonna give off energy, yeah. and then it's like, calm down, hey, you just misunderstanding, like chill out. You misunderstand. Can you ho- hold on? Wait a minute. You you that was the black mad black woman syndrome. I was moving into that protective mode, like you're not finna take me through nothing, cause I done came too far. Like a relationship that breaks you down. To the point where you contemplating suicide, you feel depressed, you want to drive on the highway and let go of the wheel type stuff. You ain't let nobody else come in and disrupt nothing. Nothing. So I was so like, nobody is going to hurt me again. Mm-hmm. Like, I had to forgive people that were not sorry or didn't feel the need to tell me they were sorry. Mm. They don't apologize. Narcissists don't apologize. And I'm not talking about my daughter's father. I'm talking about my stepfather. Yeah. They don't apologize. Yeah. I, listen, Imani, I'm sorry. Or listen to that. That that conversation was never had. Mm-hmm. So it's like when you when you go years looking for an apology, you ain't doing nothing but hurting yourself. So I had to, I really had to accept an apology that I didn't get. Woo. It's okay. It's mm. okay. I'm still gonna survive. I'm still gonna make it. I'm still gonna go to college. I'm still gonna graduate. Mm-hmm. I don't need to be in a relationship to make it. I'm gonna be fine. Yeah. Woo. So Listen, survival, when you when you surviving, and if you met a woman or you dating a woman and she's been surviving, it's important to know who you're talking to. I'ma just say that. Know who you're dealing with. If you dating this girl, you need to know everything. You dating this man, you need to know everything. Because it's it plays a huge part in when y'all get into arguments and how she talks, her communication. Can you put up with the fact that she's a survivor? Ooh. She's a survivor, so. <laughs> That's good, money. I'm just saying. That's real good. Because sometimes we can be, sometimes we can mean well when we're trying to help people, but mm-hmm. we don't get enough context to be able to apply the right prescription. That's right. That's right. And so you you just you want to make sure that in general like if I could say anything to like women or men that's that's dating, I would say just know who you're dealing with. Know who you're dealing with and make the decision 
to either. First of all, know who you are. <laughs> Number one. Know who you are. If you don't know who you are, then nothing, you don't even need to date. And I mean, and people say that all the time, but it's true. If if you don't know who you are, you don't need to date because you're just going to put whatever you don't know about yourself off on somebody else. So every time they tell you you're wrong, you're not wrong. That makes you a narcissist because you're thinking, it's you. (laughs) It's always you. No, baby, it's you. (laughs) You don't know who you are and you're trying to date and you're hurting this person and they're trying to tell you that you're hurting them, but you can't see it. Because you don't know, you haven't dealt with anything that's been done to you. Mm. So, we got to start dealing. Like, who am I? What's going on with me? Can it be fixed? I need to fix this, okay? They might not apologize for what they did to me, but I'm going to be okay. I'm going to choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to make myself feel beautiful. I'm going to choose to make myself feel like I'm enough. Because I am enough. If I can get through that, then I can get through anything. Okay, once that's registered, you don't need nobody to come in and and talk you into confidence. Like, you know you're a baddie because you, you told yourself you was a baddie. You don't need him to tell you that. You're not worried about him being uh, attractive and other women liking him. You're not insecure about that because you know who you are. Vice versa. So it's like it's so important to know who you are and deal with the traumas and then move forward. Now, you might find somebody that's patient enough to work through with you because, like I said, me and Don, we didn't know as much as about, about each other as we thought we did. And we chose, okay, I've fallen in love with this person. It's too late. I already, I already love him. Mm-hmm. I already love her. So let's get through it together. And so every day is just a journey of working through everything together. Yeah, and it's beautiful because, to me, in my mind, (laughs) it took so long for me to do the work on me, and I feel like the pain that I went through, that I experienced, I carried it so long. I didn't know how to let it go, to be honest. He was worth it. He was worth me letting it go. So now it's like I realized I owed him an apology for having him feel like he need to change certain things because of my insecurities. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Like, I I love him so much for being willing to work through it because I wasn't an easy person to love. And he says the same thing about himself, but I had to take accountability for me. Like, I'm... I really didn't deal with something. When he finally, he came down here and he saw my hometown and he met my family and stuff. And he was like, I thought you, I thought you was like living in the suburbs, like bad and bougie. (laughs) He thought I, he thought I had came from like a wealthy family and this and the third. But he understood that we were so much more alike than he thought. Like when he finally met my, my peoples and saw my hometown, he was just like, wow, like, I understand you now. I understand you. I'm learning more about you. And we we keep falling deeper into this love thing because it's just, like, it's crazy to... I'm still pinching myself. Yeah, man. Yeah. My heart was so broken from the previous relationship that I didn't think that, number one, I was trained for years to believe that something was always wrong, you know, 
It was always a problem. I was always at fault for something. So it was like one when that's mentally embedded in your mind, and I don't think he meant to do that, but it was just like I was, it's always something wrong. You need to fix this. You need to fix that. You don't do this. I know you're doing that. Like it was just so, always something. So after I got out of that relationship and I'm trying to like move forward, now I'm constantly trying to fix stuff or like not be wrong or, you know. So now I'm in a safe place where he says, you can be wrong with me. And he don't know. I don't think he knows what that meant. He gave me permission to be wrong. Yeah, that's heavy. Shout out Don one time for the one time. Shout out to my husband. (laughs) To give me permission to be wrong, like teaching me to say I'm wrong for this. I was like, I don't like being wrong. He was like, I know, but you're wrong. So say it. Say I'm wrong for. <laughs> he was whooping you. He was, say I'm wrong for. Ooh. But he, he's such a. a you love that man. He a giant. <laughs> he ain't going to, ain't nobody, like, I've. Yeah, in order to handle him, you got to be able to handle her. Yeah. And he stepped on the scene like, yeah. Listen. <laughs> and he ain't no fool neither. Whatever he can't handle, he going to walk away from. Like, wow. he ain't finna trying to, I'm not going to wrestle you down to make you listen. But if you're going to listen to me, I'm going to teach you. And I'm like, you know what? I want to know. Like, because mm. he I just look at him and I learned him and I met his family and everything and I understood immediately like you are worth it he is so worth it he is so worth it and I think a lot of black men need to hear that but he was worth it he was worth me deciding like I'm gonna put you first forget how I feel like forget what they did to me you're worth a fresh slate you deserve it because you are a good man so this is this is a safe place and i remember he and i talking and he was talking about how men don't get to they don't get to feel they don't get to have be heavy or have traumas or they can't talk because women will dismiss that Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and it's like it was in that moment that i was i don't want to be that woman that can't listen Mm -hmm. like I'm so caught up in myself and wanting you to do what I want you to do that I don't see you yeah. and I don't see your pain. And honestly, when he was talking, I thought, well, maybe that's where I messed up the first time. Maybe he has so much trauma, so much pain. My ex, he has so much trauma, so much pain that I couldn't see it. Maybe that's where I can take accountability. And by taking accountability, I mean, I'm not going to do that no more. Yeah, even though he wants the person for me, I definitely can say I didn't know how to deal with somebody like that. But this person was my person, and mm-hmm. I loved him enough to say, listen, you have a safe place with me. Like, you could tell me if something is not okay, if you feel down and out or whatever. Like, you're safe here. Black man, you are safe. You know what I'm saying? And so I had to come to that place on and that was in Myrtle Beach too where we finally had those conversations like you're safe. Yeah. We both allowed each other to be safe. And um 
with the whole wrong thing. He just this past week, he was like, you could be wrong with me. And I was like, yeah, you could be wrong. <laughs> it's, I want you to acknowledge your wrong because I know, then I know you're going to always take accountability for your actions. And I was like, dang, that mean a lot. Yeah. That mean a lot. So this ain't no, it's grown folks stuff. Man. Facts. This ain't no uh, game here. Yeah. You decide to love somebody, they decide to love you. You got to have big girl, big boy conversations. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I will say every experience that I've ever had uh, inspires me as a singer and as mm-hmm. an artist. And let go when whenever when people go listen to it, I, I think what I want them to hear is that in order to move forward, you have to let go of everything that hurt you and um, took away from you or, you know, whatever trauma, you got to let it go. You have to let it go. You're not going to be better until you let go. So if I could say anything, yeah, I, I definitely, I've committed my myself to writing music and doing even the podcast, Be For Real, um, I want to inspire women in healthy thinking, honest thinking. Well, we can be honest with ourselves. I said, because I've done that. I was the person that was like, I don't care. We're going to be hot girls, you know, saying stupid stuff. Knowing I had feelings. I got feelings. Yeah, I'm yeah, I'm fine. I know that. But listen, I got feelings. I got feelings. And at the end of the day, I wrote this song called Morning. And it said, I'm lonely and I want to love him to the morning. But not just for a moment. I want to love him to the morning. So that's saying I'm lonely. I'm literally lonely. I don't have nobody and I'm tired of being alone. But if we can't be together, then is it really worth me giving you a moment with me? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I want you, I want a husband. So if I want a husband, should I really be giving somebody that's not really invested in me that part of me? Hmm. Does he really deserve? Do you really deserve it? You know what I'm saying? Like, so I made that. I made that, and I. That's when I was like, "This comes from experience. It comes from experience. I don't want to give somebody that's not gonna be in this." And I remember telling Don. <laughs> I remember telling Don that he was like, "You are my wife." Ooh, ooh, Don. Don always. Don always come through. He, he always, come through he always know what to say. Yes. He was like, you are my wife. I said, so when he left, I was like, you said I was your wife. And he was like, and I meant that. Ooh. But I ain't believe it because I'm like, well, why are we not together then? <laughs> why are we not together? And he was just like, I was so impatient. And he he had a, he already knew. Yeah. But I was just so like, make it make sense <laughs> for I lose it right now. Like that girl crazy. I'm I'm not crazy. I just I was protecting myself. Yeah. 
But I love that man for real, for real, for real. Yeah. And I just want women like that want love like that, that want to feel protected. Um, I want to help them yeah. deal with their traumas or deal with their past, That's and um, because it's possible. It's possible to to be so beat up as a kid or as a teenager. Um, relationships, maybe you ended up with the bad, with the wrong one, and you beat yourself up, and they beat you up. Um, it's possible to still stand up and be loved by somebody. Ooh. You're still worthy of love. Yes. You it's you can you can be wrong <laughs> and be loved by somebody. It's possible while you're wasting time. Going from this one, this one, this one, this one is somebody that is set on loving you specifically. Like they have been trained, they know what it takes to love you, and they will invest that time into you. But if you're wasting time over here with everybody else that don't matter, you're gonna miss it. Ooh. You're gonna miss talk it. Talk to them, money. Talk to the people. They gonna miss it, Rajay. <laughs> And then when I think about that, I'm like, I remember liking people that, that weren't fully invested in me. Hmm. What would it look like if I would have stayed invested in them? Like, I'm putting all my time, all my energy into them, and they doing everything else under the sun. Don hmm. would have been somewhere. I ain't no telling. He would have found another wife. <laughs> I wouldn't know what this feels like. Ooh, yeah. But we love it here. Yes. And I want somebody else to love it where they at. So... Um, I've always been transparent mm -hmm. about myself mm -hmm. and I'm just hoping that my transparency helps somebody like your transparency helped me so I'm believing that if it helped me mm -hmm. it could definitely help somebody else so I want to thank you for being um, willing to be transparent because I do know that sometimes telling your truth especially when it involves other people mm -hmm. it can be touchy because you don't want to say too much yeah. <laughs> yeah yes so thank you you're welcome y'all this has been another episode of the rxs podcast with imani love peace yeah.